Hey everybody, welcome to church, welcome to Trinity. My name is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor here at the church, and we are thankful that you have chosen to join us on this second Sunday in Advent. Before I read from Isaiah 40, I want to give just a brief update uh, around some of our thinking and leading on the COVID-19 front. Uh, we are excited to tell you that we've moved from uh, consulting with doctors in an individual way to convening a team of doctors and infectious disease experts who also go to our church and love our church to receive counsel, input, and advice from them. We're gathering these leaders on Zoom calls on a regular basis, and the, the conversations have been sobering but very helpful to us as a leadership team. And I recognize that sometimes we do things like this, and then we don't share with you some of the really important stuff that's happening. And so I, we just want to give an update to say that we're actually seeking counsel from some really wise leaders who know what they're talking about when it comes to COVID-19, and our hearts are very grateful for that. Here's our commitment to you. We understand that there's frustration in our church. Um, frankly, we're all frustrated. This has been a longer season than any of us really anticipated, but we want to lead prudently and wisely while acknowledging frustration, specifically as the weather gets cold um, and maybe meeting outside becomes less and less exciting or tenable even for many of us, um, our commitment, which has been steadfast through this whole process, is to try to lead with as much humility and courage as we can. We're not afraid. Um, we want to do right by our church and frankly leading a broad coalition of people who are all over the map when it comes to how to respond to all the stress of COVID-19. It's challenging work. They did not teach us how to do this in seminary. Um, but we're praying. We're listening. We want to hear from you. We're listening to our doctor friends who are giving us strong counsel. And in the midst of a really fluid situation, we're going to be taking step by step and doing what we believe is right for our church and our wider community. So pray for us. Um, we're certainly praying for God's wisdom and help as we navigate this. Now we're going to read, we're going to pray, we're going to sit and listen to what the Lord has for us. Our text today in the second Sunday of Advent comes from the 40th chapter of Isaiah. I'm going to read the first 11 verses. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places made a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's dive in and see what we can see on this second Sunday in Advent. Father, we ask today for your grace to be still, to be present. God, as we sit sort of in the middle of this Advent moment, God, looking out toward Christmas, we ask God for grace to be here and to receive from you what you have for us, God. More than anything, we want to prepare our hearts for Christmas. So help us to make the most of time. Help us to redeem the time. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we've lit the second candle in the Advent season. And if you are marking time in your own home, maybe lighting candles around your dinner table or somewhere in your home, um, we're lighting candles as we mark time looking toward Christmas morning. And as we said last week, and we will be doing so throughout this season, Advent is a time of preparation before Christmas. It's a time of longing, a time to make our hearts ready for Christmas. See, we don't want Christmas to sneak up on us as it oftentimes does. It's strange how a feast, a, a holiday that happens on the same day every year can creep up on us. But all the busyness, and I think this year, the busyness combined with the distraction of grief, I think make Advent even more essential to our human flourishing and our spiritual development than ever before. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at this passage and we're going to mark time. We're going to prepare our hearts and actually look for what does it mean for us to prepare for Jesus' coming, to, to be ready for the fact that he is doing something new. Throughout the Advent season, there is a kind of progression of hope. Um, it's a, a darkened season that grows progressively light. Next week, we will actually light the rose-colored candle in our Advent wreath, but today we're actually going to focus on what does it mean for you and for me to move toward what God has for us and to be prepared. There are just a few movements in this passage, and we're going to highlight them as we walk through the text. The first one is this. The text says she has served her term and is invited to return home. And that picture actually is a really compelling one because what the Jews were doing at the time that this passage was written in Isaiah 40 is they were preparing to return home from exile. They had been taken away from their home and now they've been essentially told through circumstances the time is drawing near for them to go back to where they used to live. And so the picture of this passage is actually a bittersweet one. It's of a people who had lost their place and are now being told that they might be able to return to their place. And I think many of us are living in such a space right now. Maybe over these last eight months during COVID-19 and all the crisis that's emerged from it, we have, many of us felt like we've lost our place. We've lost a, a sense of rhythm. I, I've spoken to countless people as a pastor who say things like this to me. Chris, early in this thing, and in February and early March, I felt like I was really moving into a good place, but everything has been knocked off the mark for me. I feel like I'm stuck. And now maybe as we hear news of a vaccine on the horizon and the thought of returning to home, it's not unlike what these would have felt at the time of listening to the prophet in Isaiah 40. Maybe we get to return home. But when you've been away from a place of flourishing for so long, the invitation to return home is in and of itself a bit scary. I imagine the Jews as they're thinking about exile and they're thinking about what does it mean for us to go back and to find our feet again, to really live again. And then you begin to wonder, like, I don't even know if we'll know how to do it. I don't know if we're going to be able to find that rhythm. Well, the Jews here hear your serve 
um, your term, the, the exile term that you have had to serve, it's coming to an end and you're going to be invited to go home. And when I think about my own life and I think about the places in my life where I would be stuck or I would be caught in sin. When God swings open the cage door and says you're free, that's an amazing thing. But then we have to actually step out of places of bondage and move into free spaces. And that in and of itself can be really daunting, terrifying even. Maybe today you're struggling with a a habitual kind of pattern of being stuck or maybe a sin pattern in your life. And if God says you're free, that's wonderful news. But what does it mean to actually step out into freedom? That's where the rubber meets the road. And that's where many of us find ourselves shrinking back, kind of hanging back in a cage with the door open. That's where the Jews were. And in many respects throughout our lives, we find ourselves in a similar predicament. The second thing I think we need to see in this passage that maybe speaks to where we're living is this one, the road leading home. So if they've been liberated and they've yet to go home, well, the road leading home is neglected and maybe overgrown. And this gets at one of those pictures of Advent that I think is so important for us. John the baptizer said, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his pathways in the wilderness, in the desert. And the picture that we have here where those words are uttered by the prophet is the picture of a people who've been away from home. And now that they're being told they can go back, they're now recognizing we haven't been there. And so that place of home has been neglected and it's overgrown with briar and bramble. The roads have been washed out. I'm not even sure we're going to get there. And so the picture here is a very Advent picture. And the picture is this, it's time for you and me as we seek to find our home in God, to go back to where we really belong, it's time for us to do a little bit of road construction. We gotta actually look at where things have grown wild, untamed. And maybe as you look at your own life right now, there are places in your life that have grown a bit wild, that are a bit untamed. Well, Advent is a season where we are invited to enter into our untamed places and begin to prepare the way of the Lord. See, there's an inescapable, unavoidable even invitation for us in this passage to recognize that we have a part to play in getting ready for Christmas. We actually have a part to play in getting ready for Jesus, period. The places in my life that are overgrown, the places that have been neglected because I've been away, I haven't been present, I've got to actually deal with those places if I'm going to get back to where the Lord wants me to be. But there's more. It's not just, am I going to get back? Am I going to recover the pathway so I can go home, so I can feel at peace? We have to actually do that work so that God will find his way to us. See, Christmas is all about God coming close to people in their darkness. But in order for God to get to me, to get to you, we have to actually deal with the bramble and the briar and the erosion that is real and evident in our lives. So there's an unmistakable invitation for you and me to look at our lives. Advent, in a very real way, is an opportunity and an invitation to step back and to quiet our hearts and to look at our lives, to examine our driveways, if you will. Where are things eroding? Where have things become overgrown? Where have parts of your life become untamed, wild, not as cultivated as they would have been at another time? Advent is a time to repent, to actually think about our thinking, 
That's what that word means, repent, to rethink or think again, to examine. And you can't do that unless you create some quiet space. This is an invitation and an opportunity for us to be quiet. So what happens when we prepare the way of the Lord? It leads us to the third movement in this passage, which is this. The glory of God appears once the road has been cleared. There's a beautiful picture here. It's a vivid picture of God actually demonstrating his goodness when we do our very small part of preparing. That's why this season is so important for you and me to prepare. Um, The prophet here links preparation and intentionality with regard to your life, your driveway, if you will, with the experience of the goodness and the kindness of God. Most all of us right now want an experience of the goodness and the kindness of God. Who doesn't? This is what we need, maybe more than ever before. And I love the fact that the prophet says, you actually, we actually have a part to play in the experience of God's goodness. So look at the sequencing here. Number one, we're freed to journey home. God swings open the cage door. That's all God's initiative. The second thing, God invites you and me to repair the wild places in our lives. That's our initiative. So God, then us. And then the third thing we see here is that God's presence is then felt and experienced, which again is God's initiative. Do you see this whole series, this whole sequence of movement is about God, but right in the middle of it, he gives you and me a role to play, a job to do, to look at our lives and to prepare, to make ready, to carve out space. But is it just in there? No. The fourth thing we see in this passage is that God like a shepherd, not a taskmaster, but a shepherd leads vulnerable people back to their homes. So the, the imagery here starts to take on a more homey nature. Not only are they liberated to leave exile, not only is God then saying, I want you to work with me. God then says, I will be like a shepherd and I will actually lead your weary feet back to a place of experiencing home and rest. Here's where the imagery this week is very similar to last week. So last week, we saw that we're not ultimately a leaf that's been disconnected, but we're clay in a potter's hand. Well, this week, we see that we're not ultimately grass that withers, but we're sheep that get led home. But it's telling that the prophet uses grass imagery, this idea of something withering. He's speaking to the vulnerable state that's in our hearts when we've been away from home for so long. He says we essentially feel like grass that withers. We're not very sturdy. We feel pretty temporal. We feel really vulnerable. And that's where most of us are living right now. But just like last week, the prophet says, you're like grass, but ultimately you're sheep. And not only are you a sheep, a lamb, but you're a lamb that has a shepherd that cares for you and is going to lead you back into your place of rest and home. I believe that you and me in this season are meant to identify with a whole flock of foot-weary lambs who were lost and are being led back, not driven back, but led back by a shepherd who loves us and cares for us. And so I believe Advent is a time for you and me to begin to hope for and begin to move back toward home. Christmas is about home. 
Jesus is our Emmanuel, which means God with us. Wherever God is, that's your home. And Advent is a time for us to reconnect to God, to find ways of rest that move us back toward a place of home, of peace. And so I would just ask you, can you grab on to the invitation to grab on to the promise of home, even if you've been away from rest, peace for a long time, as most of us have? And that leads me to the fifth thing. Not only does the shepherd lead us home, but the last thing we see in this passage is that a herald, a declarer, is standing on the hill outside the city of God, encouraging those weary sheep, actually declaring to them, you're almost there. And that's the way this passage ends, and I absolutely love it, because the invitation here is not just to return home to no fanfare, but that God welcomes us home. He actually has a herald that declares to us, you're almost there, and this is what's going to happen. This is the heart of God when you come back to a place of rest. But y'all, we have to train ourselves to hear the herald to hear the messenger of God, to hear the word of the Lord. This is why I'm reading my Bible every single day. That's why I pick up Trevor Hudson's little devotional pauses for Advent every day because I need to hear the clear word of God as I seek to find my rest in God. I think it was St. Augustine who once said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And that feels like a very Advent thing to think through. So what does the herald say about God and about you? This is what he says. Verse 11, listen to these words. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. So what does that text say? God feeds us when we're hungry. He gathers us in his arms when we can no longer walk. He carries us in his bosom close to his heartbeat and he gently leads us. And so today, if you find yourself worn out, if you find yourself starved, unable to walk, the Lord wants to do something on your behalf if you will but move toward him. God is a gentle shepherd and I believe we need this now more than ever before. Before we pray, receive communion in our homes. I want to put a couple of questions in front of you for your consideration. They'll come up on the screen. You can hit pause, but these questions I think will help us either discuss or journal if we're in a space where we're on our own. Number one, are there parts of your life that are overgrown? I think it would be good for us to spend some time naming and reflecting on these overgrown or untamed wild places. Number two, as you consider your overgrown places, what does preparing the way look like for you during this Advent season? What is God inviting you to do? Where is he inviting you to repent maybe or to rethink your life? And finally, as you consider the fact that Advent is about returning home, what feelings would you associate with a perfect or an ideal home? I think it's good for us to name what would home feel like if it were really, really good. Giving some voice to that would be helpful. So let's reflect on those questions or discuss them if you've got people that you might discuss with. And now I want us to 
pray together the words that Jesus has taught us to pray. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. We'll see you soon. Amen.